It's Christmas time, the most wonderful time of the year, and tis the season to commit diet treason to squeeze in another serving of peas and mashed potatoes. I'm going to stop. Welcome to Christianese. One of the things I've enjoyed most about doing this podcast is finding depth in unexpected places. And I suspect, for a lot of you, that's what you appreciate about this podcast. That we look at things that look boring or common or that we think we understand in the Christian life, and then we probe deeper. We go beneath the surface and discover our misconceptions or find those places where our assumptions have paved over the beauty of the world that God has made. Or maybe, just maybe, we step into a conversation that we never really thought we needed to have. Today's episode is going to be no different. We're going to be doing a little bit of all of it, because our topic today is seasons. At this time of year, we're all talking about the season, the reason behind it. And it got me thinking about Christian conversations and how much we talk about our seasons of life. I think you know what I'm talking about. Like when you sit down at coffee with somebody and they talk about how they're going through a difficult season or a spiritually dry season or a really fruitful season. It's kind of a poetic flourish that we put into our conversations to talk about what we're going through at our current moment. There's nothing really right or wrong about it. It's just this poetic flourish that Christians use. It's benign. But when you talk about seasons, it really doesn't take long before you start thinking about eternity. Let me back up a little bit. We're all going through a season right now. 2020 has been a year a lot of us would just like to get to the end of. It's been full of difficulty, anxiety, stress, tragedy, fear. There really aren't many adjectives I could use to praise this year. And when it comes to seasons like this, a lot of us don't want to think about it. We either want to distract ourselves so that we can momentarily forget about the anxiety, or we just want to push past it, knuckle down, work harder, and try to find a way to get this season over with. But as I've looked at seasons and the way that God talks about them, if you want to find peace, even in the darkest wintry season, You have to think deeply about it. So let's start with a seemingly stupid question. What is a season? A season is a natural, regularly repeating period of time characterized by specific weather patterns and events. And to make it really simple, we've only got four of those seasons. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. Spring is the time of rebirth and renewal. It's when the world warms up after winter, plants come to life, animals break out of hibernation and start to have young. It's a time of vibrancy, hope, color, and creation. And after everything starts to grow, we have summer, when all the world seems to be moving at full steam, everything as it should be. The season of warmth, energy, freedom, flourishing, and even a time of good, fruitful work. 
And then there's autumn, the season of celebration, of harvest. When the work is over and the world all seems to slow down. And finally winter, season of stillness, of darkness, of quiet and rest. And just when winter seems to have gone on too long, when the stillness and darkness tends to look a little bit more like death than rest, spring comes again. Rebirth, renewal, sunshine and life. And because these seasons repeat year after year, it gives us a clear expectation for what's coming next. We know that things are born, they grow, they slow down, and then there's rest. That is, in a nutshell, life. Seasons are simply the natural phenomena that occur because of the tilt of our planetary axis. But we can't help but look at these natural changes and apply them to our lives. The problem with that is that there aren't just four stages to life, and every single life is different. We all go through different things. So how on earth do we understand the seasons of our life? This is where we leave natural wisdom and turn to Scripture. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, waxes philosophical about life, saying, For everything there is an appointed time, and an appropriate time for every activity on earth. And then he goes on to list just about every activity on earth. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to dance, a time to mourn, and on and on and on. It may sound repetitive to read, but in 1965, Ecclesiastes 3 was a number one hit song. The mid-60s were a weird time. And the only thing that's more strange than that song reaching number one on the charts is the fact that the artist, The Birds, didn't include the way that Solomon ends his super list of all the things. In verse 11, he writes, God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time, but he's also placed ignorance in the human heart so that people cannot discover what God has ordained from the beginning to the end of their lives. Think about what Solomon is saying. Everything that can happen has a time when it will happen. And we don't know when those things are going to happen. Like seasons, we're going to have periods of life that are really wonderful and periods of life that aren't. They will come into our lives and leave our lives not because of our planetary axis, but because God has appointed a time for them. God has a purpose with each season in your life. He just might not tell you what it is. In fact, because we are ignorant of our future, we struggle to understand the purpose of our present. And as a result, we often become fearful, confused, and anxious by what's going on around us. One of the popular cultural answers to this anxiety is that life is meaningless. The events that happen have no meaning or purpose 
beyond those that we personally assign to them. Nothing matters. So instead of being anxious about stuff that doesn't matter, just don't worry about it. Hakuna Matata, stop thinking about this so much. And while that answer may sound compelling and may even give us a license to distract ourselves from our pain, it actually creates more anxiety in the long run. Because if nothing matters, then each one of us not only has to create, but constantly recreate meaning as our circumstances change. The burden of truth, identity, and reality now sits on each individual's shoulders. They have to spend a lifetime looking for those things or creating those things. And if anything contradicts them or proves them wrong, then a person has to start over from scratch and remake them from the ground up. And even if they find an answer to those questions, they always have to return to the foundation of their belief that nothing matters, that even this, my carefully and painfully constructed idea of truth and identity and reality are merely illusions. My ideas, my declarations are homeless hopes, utterly devoid of meaning. Since that's our cultural answer, it should be no surprise that we live in the culture of Sunday Scaries. If you haven't heard of the Sunday Scaries, it's that point in Sunday late afternoon or evening where you realize that your weekend has come to an end and the work week or school week is fast approaching. It's a tiny existential crisis, which, if you believe that everything is meaningless and the only reality is that which we create for ourselves, you are doomed to relive every single Sunday. The idea that nothing matters is not a balm for anxiety. It's an engine of anxiety. While Solomon does say that life is vanity, he doesn't end up saying life is meaningless. Thankfully, his conclusion is very different. At the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he says, God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time but he's also placed ignorance in the human heart so that people cannot discover what God has ordained from the beginning to the end of their lives. I have concluded that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live, and also that everyone should eat and drink and find enjoyment in all his toil, for these things are a gift from God. That's not a statement of despondency. It's a statement of dependency. Solomon's not throwing his hands up in the air and saying, I don't understand life, therefore, I guess just pretend to be happy. Solomon is saying, because God is in control, because he orders every season and every time of life, then you should trust God and enjoy the gifts that he's given you, no matter what season you're in. The question that's being posed to us is, do you trust God? If you're going through a time of birth or a time of death, a time of wounding, a time of healing, no matter what it is, do you trust God in His timing? Because if you do, no matter what's going on, you can rest. We all know that good times don't last, but if you trust God, instead of wasting those times trying to make them longer or to stretch them out, you can just sit back and soak them in and enjoy life. And in the dark times, when things aren't going well, in seasons that you wish you never came into to begin with. If you trust God, even the seasons that look like shadows of death 
will not cause you to fear, because God is in control of all the seasons. And we believe, Romans 8.28, that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Paul put it this way, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul is saying that even life is just a season of eternity, and this is the hard part. And because Paul could see the endless expanse of eternity with Jesus, there was no temporary season in life that could derail him. He was absolutely unassailable. That security, that eternal hope, that's available to any Christian, any one of us living in 2020. If this year were a natural season, it would be winter. Winter is historically the most difficult season, where death seems to reign and there's very little to celebrate. But that's not how we look at winter today. We call the beginning of winter the most wonderful time of the year. Think about the season. The darkest, coldest, most death-like season is the one we fill with light and joy and celebration because of Jesus. He entered into our spiritual darkness, being made like us, so that he might take away our sin, that we might be forgiven, and our season of spiritual darkness would change to a season of light and life. Celebrating Christmas with people we love is a kind of physical incarnation of that truth, that no matter what is going on circumstantially in our lives, that the family of God can always celebrate together. Because in Jesus, we have the gifts of forgiveness, love, joy, and peace. And we can have hope as we look forward to the spring of his return. Hallmark movies may not know what the meaning of Christmas is, but they do get something right. We should live every season as if it's the Christmas season. We know that God has loved us because he sent his only son to us. And because he loved us, we should love him and love others. Because God sent his Holy Spirit, we aren't slaves to circumstance, but can rejoice in all things. We also have peace. The coming of Christ itself was announced as peace and goodwill towards all men. And if you follow Jesus, then you know whenever you're feeling anxious, you can approach God through prayer and through praise, thanks, and making your requests known to God, he will give you the peace that goes beyond all understanding. And last, but certainly not least, we have hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. It is a steady, secure assurance that God will do what he said he will do, and a trust in him in all circumstances. And as Romans 5.5 says, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Love, joy, peace, and hope are Christmas gifts that are available to you at all times. We may celebrate them most clearly at this time of year, but no matter what you're going through, no matter what season it is, tis the season to enjoy the gifts God has given you.
Merry Christmas. This has been a production of FathomMag.com. To learn more, go to FathomMag, F-A-T-H-O-M-M-A-G dot com. And if you're in a generous mood, leave a rating or comment on this podcast. They really do make a difference.